Coming from the McDowell Heating and Air Studio, welcome to the True Crime Mamas podcast. We are a not-for-profit organization dedicated to shedding light on the many tragic homicide and missing person cases across North Carolina. We strive to honor victims and their loved ones by honestly and non-sensationally sharing their stories. True Crime Mamas and Friends, this is Amber, and I'm here with Jenny. Hey. And today, I'm going to be sharing with you my all-time favorite person, case, idol, anything you really want to call her. Um, I'm going to be telling you about the life and strange death of Marilyn Monroe. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I love this so much. Yes, yes, yes. I have been a huge, huge, huge fan of her ever since I was probably in middle school. I mean, I've got a tattoo. She's on my Jeep. Like, it's serious. She's all over your house, too. She is. She yeah. is. It's mm-hmm. a serious thing. It's an addiction. Um, it is. It really <laughs> is. She's such a globally known person, and a lot of the things go around her death because it was strange. So mysterious. Very strange. And there are a lot of facts that, that come into play with this, but... I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Marilyn, her background. Marilyn was not always Marilyn. She was born Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1st, 1926 in Los Angeles. Her mother was Gladys Baker, and she worked for a major studio as a film negative cutter. That's when they still made, oh. you know, film when, you know, you had to... Like actual, fi- okay, actual got film. Okay, Very mm-hmm. cool. And she was one of the ones that cut the film and got it ready, I guess, for editing and all that good stuff, so... Um, Gladys had two children from a previous marriage um, before she had Norma Jean. Uh, Mr. Baker, though, was very abusive. He was a mean man, very, very mean. And she filed for divorce in 1923 and got sole custody of those two children, Robert and Bernice. Um, But Mr. Baker kidnapped the children. Oh, my gosh. Not long after uh, their divorce, and they moved to his native Kentucky. Moved them across the country. Yeah, he moved them to Kentucky. He just snatched them and left. That's awful. I cannot imagine. Norma Jean did not even know that she had siblings until she was 12. Oh, my gosh. She had no clue that she had half-siblings running around. Um, And I don't believe she did not meet her sister until way later in her life. Wow. When they finally met. But, yeah, it was at 12 years old. That would be a shock. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in 1924, Gladys met and married a man by the name of Martin Mortison. It is unknown who's Norma Jean's daddy is. No one knows who her father is. She didn't know. So it's not him. Ain't him. Could have been him. But we're not sure. But we're not sure. But she was given his last name at birth. Okay. So, so he stepped up. He did. He stepped up. Um, but later she took her mother's maiden name of Baker. So... Don't know what happened there, but there was some name changes going on. Don't know. Um, I know for one, Marilyn thought that her uh, father at one point was um, the guy from Gone with the Wind. Rep that played Rep Butler. Oh. Help me out. Oh. Um, oh, what's his name? On it. Google it. We're Googling it. We'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, if you didn't say that, I would have had it right I there. Know. His, his face is in my, my brain. Yeah. I know what he Clark looks Gable. like. Clark yeah. Gable. Clark Gable. Yes. She oh, thought wow. for the longest time that her father was Clark Gable because her mother kept a picture 
of him. So did a lot of women. Right. <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah. She and she finally she did her final movie with him and got to know him and she's like, Yeah, he's he's not my daddy. So it was, <laughs> he's it was not the father. Not the father. It was pretty obvious, but yeah. <laughs> the first part of Norma Jean's childhood was stable for the most part. Her and her mother um, later moved in with an, an evangelical, I believe that's how you say it, Christian foster family. I guess they were just a family that took in people that needed it from time to time. Maybe, Not necessarily, like, like single mom and child? I guess so, yeah. Um, it was in a nearby town, but it was very rural. Was, okay. You know, from not the city life. Um, so a far cry from Los Angeles. Very far cry. But Gladys had to move back to the city for work because it was too much of a commute day to day to do her job. But she left Norma Jean with, with them. With the <laughs> evangelical. Yes. Yes. She left them with the Bolanders. That was their last name. So okay. she left them with them. Um, but in 1933, Gladys had saved up enough money to buy her and Norma Jean a house, which that says a lot. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, everything was fine until 1934. Uh, Gladys was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, no. Yeah, she had a few episodes, and uh, I believe she almost burned the house down doing having one of her episodes. So, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, she was in and out of places for a while, and she was eventually committed to a state hospital. Yeah. And Norma Jean went into the system. She became a ward she was of the a- state. I wonder if she could have gone back to the evangelical um, preacher. And I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, I wonder if they just took care of people like that, sort of just kind of took them in, but huh. they didn't do like the whole statewide thing. Okay. You so know, she didn't, I don't know. So she didn't go back to them. Good okay. question. So I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, she did not. She bounced around from foster home to foster home, and eventually uh-huh. she was placed in the Los Angeles Orphans Home. Um, she felt like totally abandoned when she was put there. Can she, only imagine. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. But she was more than likely um, sexually abused in a lot of these foster homes that she went to before mm-hmm. she went to the orphanage. So it was a good thing that she went to the orphanage and got out of those situations. But she still felt like completely alone. And that's oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that plays a big role in her development as an adult. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It shapes who you are. Absolutely. In 1942, uh, she had a decision to make. She was living with a foster family at that time that got her from the orphanage. And they were moving out of state, but they could not take her with them because of the laws. She was still a ward of the state. She was. She was still yeah, a so ward of the state. Yeah, so she had remained in the state. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she would have to go back to the orphanage oh. if she couldn't go with them. Mm-hmm. So she made the decision to get married. Um, okay. She married her 21-year-old neighbor, Jim Daltrey. And how old was she at the time? She was 16. 16. Yes. And he's 21. He's 21. She was just a few days into being 16. And this is 1942, so that is not uncommon. No, it was not uncommon. That was the pretty average age to get married. Yeah. But still, 
16. Uh-huh. She dropped out of high school. And she was going to focus on being a housewife. She really wanted to be a good little, like, housewife. and She wanted someone to take care of she her. She did. She was so needy. And yeah. For a good reason, too. Of course. I feel so sorry for her. Um, Jim enlisted into the Marines in 1943, as most young men did at that mm-hmm. point in time. And he they were stationed on Santa Catalina Island. Let me see that. Santa Catalina? Santa Catalina Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, you're familiar with that area? Yeah. Um, they both lived there for a while, but then he was shipped out to the Pacific in April of 1944, and Norma Jean moved in with her in-laws at that point in time with Jim's parents. Okay. Um, and she began working at Radio Plane Company Factory. Um That, I'm not exactly, they did things with planes there for the war effort. I'm not quite sure what all they did, but... Uh, she was discovered by a photographer who had been sent there to photograph morale-boosting pictures of the female workers. Uh, okay. They, they, these, the the uh, magazines would send photographers in to take the pictures of the women working and send them and publish them and send them to the soldiers and be like, "Hey, your women folk are taking care of everything. You go do your your job. You're good." And that's a morale boost. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll go with it. That All was, right. That was apparently morale boosting. Yep. Okay. Uh, when she was discovered, she quit the factory and began modeling full-time in 1945. Uh, so from then on is when she took a physical transformation. Um, it became the modeling people got a hold of her. They changed her hair color. They changed... Her face, she had cosmetic surgery really done on her face. Yep. Wow. Um, and they eventually changed her name. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. Um, they made her, they wanted to make her more desirable for film. She was great in print, but okay. they wanted her to, to be on film, so they had to make her more desirable, quote, whatever that means. Um, but this is when she became Marilyn Monroe as we know her today. She went through the ringer with screen tests and I'm sure many casting couches as they st- unfortunately still have in Hollywood um, before she landed her first film role in a movie called Ladies of the Chorus in 1948, but that film flopped. <laughs> it did not do anything. And her contract with Columbia Studios ended, so she went back to modeling. And she did a few commercials, I think, at that time, too. It was during this time that she posed for those now famous nude calendar pictures. Oh yeah. Yes, they were they were everywhere for a while once they got published. I have the calendar even. I'm sure you do. I have a copy mm-hmm. of the very old calendar <laughs> hidden away so my children can't find it, but yes, I do have it. Um but hey, money was tight. You you know? You gotta do what you gotta Some do. Some people you gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. No fault, whatever you know, she felt she needed to do. Um, but after she took those pictures, she met a man named Johnny Hyde. He was a very big wig, big, big wig with one of the um, production studios Okay, in, in Hollywood. But she became his protege and also his mistress. So, so was she still married to Jim at this um, time? Or? In between then, she, I think, believe when she started modeling full time, um, she divorced him. Okay. She was like, Sayonara, love you, but thanks for getting me out of the orphanage, but I'm done with you now. That's so, so awful. That, that is terrible, but I mean, you know, I've 
I'm sure. I mean, like I said, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, she had she aspirations. She was a survivor. Yeah, she had aspirations and being a housewife. That wasn't was, going to cut that it. That was not one of them. I mean, housewife or model slash actress. Yeah. Most of us would have, in our younger days, I'm sure, would have chosen the model actress. I mean, you know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, over the years, she started many films and had numerous relationships. Mm-hmm. Most of them were famous, since she was, including being married to uh, baseball Hall of Famer Joe DiMaggio. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. married for a while. Um, and she was married to playwright Arthur Miller. Yeah. He wrote uh, The Crucible. I did not know she was married to him. Yep, they okay. Were, they were married for quite some time. I believe that was her longest relationship with I know, Arthur. I know very little about yeah. hey, well, her. Yeah, you know, it's okay. You're not obsessed. Like no, like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but during these relationships, she had several abortions that took place. Um, and it was sometimes out of those relationships, too, that she had abortions. Because in Hollywood, those days, if you're a woman, you were expected... To sleep where, you know, your way to wherever you want it to be. It was a boy's world. So gross. It was such a man's so world. Gross. Yeah. And she had to do what she needed to do. and uh-huh. To survive. To survive. And those those happened. Um, but that caused her also to not be able to have a baby when she wanted a baby. Oh. Um, she had a very highly publicized miscarriage with um, Arthur Miller at the time. So sad. Yeah, she was so excited, and then it didn't happen, and that took a huge toll on her mental health of as course. well. At that point, um, she was in and out of mental institutions at that point as well because she was just not having a good time. Right. Um, but that's that's so sad. Um, but all right, let's talk about the drug addiction. I was waiting She's, for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is bless her heart, well known. For her drug addiction, unfortunately. Well, when you've had the life that she led up to that point. Yeah. And Hollywood. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying I can see why. Yeah. I mean, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Everyone in Hollywood, especially at that time, was doing something um, to keep up. But we all know that you know, drugs are a huge part of the entertainment industry. It always has been. Um, no one really can pinpoint the exact time that she started taking those meds and everything. It was a long time ago, though, probably when she was modeling. Who knows? Um, she would take downers to sleep and speed to wake up. That's how she functioned. Wow. Every day. Yeah. And her drug use got so bad that no one really wanted to work with her um, because she was always very, very late. Sometimes it would she would be days late, like she wouldn't show up. Days late mm-hmm. to her job. jobs. Yep. Uh, she couldn't remember her lines. She was having to be fed her lines from the side. And there were so many other issues that she had that yeah. towards the end of her life, she was she was a hot mess. Um, but after her, after her last completed film, The Misfits, which her husband at the time, Arthur Miller, wrote for her, wrote her part for her mm-hmm. and everything, um, she took some time off. Um I believe that was around the time about the miscarriage we were talking about, and she was in and out of the hospitals um, for some reason. But her and Arthur divorced during that time. I guess the stress was just too much for them, especially being in the public eye. Can you imagine going through all that in the public eye? Uh -uh. It was was so highly publicized. It was crazy. Um, And she was placed into a mental facility at one point. Um, which she was absolutely terrified of because of her mother. She was so scared of turning out like her mother. Right. Um, which is a valid fear, obviously. She called her ex-husband, Joe DiMaggio, for help. 
Okay. They remained friends. Uh-huh. And um, she called him for help. They rekindled their friendship. And this is when she was introduced to the group of men in Hollywood known as the Rat Pack. Oh, the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lovely Rat Pack. The group consisted of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and Peter Lawford. And those of you who don't know, Peter Lawford was a cousin to JFK, the president at that time. Marilyn actually dated Frank Sinatra Interesting. for a little while. I did not know that until recently. I was unaware that she actually dated him Interesting. for a while. Can I give you another little fun fact? Yeah, please do. My dad dated Dean Martin's daughter. Really? Yeah. My dad kind of hung out with that crowd when he first moved to California. He did, he? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I know. That is way cool. Shout out to my dad. Hey, Hey. Pops. (laughs) You're a cool dude. (laughs) Um, It was her friendship, of course, with these these group of men that led her to meeting the president, Mm -hmm. JFK, John F. Kennedy. Um, A lot of people don't want to believe that the president in Maryland had a tawdry affair, but they did. Oh, I wholeheartedly believe it. Yes, they absolutely did. JFK, he was a great president. Not so much of a good husband and, you know, role model because he was was a little sleazy when it came to that. Yeah. He liked his women. So, bless his heart. But um, during this time, she was privy to a lot of private conversations and information that could be considered confidential for national security. Kind of like some pillow talk between uh-huh. the two of them. Yeah. He, mm. uh, he kept her around, and she was in around a lot of things that were said that she sh- probably should not have heard, but nobody said anything. Classified so. information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy, who at the time was over, um, he started the Organized Crime Bureau, like they went after the organized crime. He was he wanted he was going after the mafia. Yeah, he wanted to take down the mafia, um, and he is the one who advised JFK to end the affair with Marilyn in the interest of his reputation. He did it. He ended it with her. She did not take it very well. It was around this time that she was also fired from her film. She was working on something's got to give. So why was she, she fired from the film? Do uh, you know. The drug use was taking its oh, toll. Oh, showing up um, days late. Yeah, she right. was a hot mess to work with, and yeah. the the film company said, "We're done. Like you, we'll just replace you." So she lost her man and got fired from her job. Oh, that's so sad. All in the same time, yeah, she was in a downward spiral to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, and she took to staying at her house most of the time. She kind of became a recluse. She didn't go out very much. Um, and on the morning of August 5th, 1962, Marilyn's housekeeper, Eunice Murray, discovered her dead. She was found nude, sprawled out on her bed in her bedroom. It was determined that she had died between the hours of 8.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. the night before August 4th. Her cause of death was ruled as acute barbiturate poisoning. And her toxicology report stated that she had chloral hydrate and pentobarbital in her system and a large amount of the pentobarbital in her liver. Oh my. Yeah. Um, her manner of death was ruled a suicide due to lack of evidence of foul play and the lethal amount of drugs in her system and testimonies of her doctors that stated she was prone to severe depression and had overdosed several times before. Oh goodness. So that was what they took into account when they ruled it a suicide. But now let's discuss the controversies. Oh, let's do. Yes, there was a lot of controversies that sprang up around her death because it was sudden. It was 
very strange how she was found. It was just, there was a lot. So she's nude, sprawled mm-hmm. out on her bed, mm-hmm. discovered by a housekeeper the next day. Yeah. Who had the day before, because people were calling about her because they were worried, but she told everybody, oh, she's fine. She's fine. The housekeeper uh-huh. said that she was fine. Yeah. Okay. She wasn't fine. Obviously. She wasn't fine. No. The whole night she wasn't fine, but you know, hmm. it's fine. Like I said, there were several controversies um, and conspiracies that popped up around her death. The most popular one, we'll start with that one, was that she was murdered specifically by the president and his people, I guess I'll say, um, that he ordered it because she knew too much. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. 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 This theory is that uh, it was thought that she had threatened to spill the beans about all she knew about the government. She had set up a, a media thing and was going to tell everything. She was going to tell the press everything she knew? She was going to tell the press everything she knew and was killed before she could do so. Now, has that been fact-checked? Like, she actually did contact the media? To- <sighs> there, Yeah, it's actually been fact-checked that there was a press conference going to be given, but no one knows what she was going to say at the time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It really could have been something like she was just going to talk about, you know, her being fired from her movie or, or her next project. Right, or anything. Something having to do with that. But They wanted to shut that down. Yeah, uh, it sprang up that, oh, she might have been going to spill government secrets. Who knows Uh um, what was going to be said because she died. Uh, The thought was that uh, she was actually injected with the medicine, with the the stuff um, where a needle mark wouldn't be noticed, like in between the fingers or the toes, underneath the tongue. Oh, gross. I know. I know. But there are places apparently that you can inject people and it's not found on an autopsy. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know about huh. that. I don't know about that. <laughs> the other um, theory is that JFK's brother, Robert, Bobby Kennedy, mm-hmm. had ordered it to keep the family legacy intact and safe because she was not a good thing to have in the history of the Kennedys. Apparently, she was embarrassing I'm to them. kind of leaning towards that because isn't he the one that told JFK to get rid of her? Uh-huh. He is. He is. He did not like her at all and tried to keep her at arm's length most mm-hmm. of the time. And so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that is a plausible I'm theory. I'm going to subscribe to that one. Yeah, it is plausible. Um, this theory says the her housekeeper and therapist, Dr. Green, was in on it and they played their parts with the order. I, the housekeeper, uh, yeah. I can see her being a a thing because of the way she acted and the things she did prior to her death. Yeah. I can, like what? Well, like her telling everybody that she, she was, was perfectly okay. fine, that there is discrepancy in when she actually found Marilyn. There is talk that she found her earlier than that ne- that morning. She knew she was dead the whole night and didn't do didn't <gasps> call anyone. She called the therapist first. When she found what? Marilyn deceased. So that raised some red flags. It's not like he can do anything. He can't, like, talk her out of it. Exactly. Why would he call her? Or why would she call him to say, hey, your your client's dead? Like, why? Why? Why do you call the therapist? That's Unless bizarre. he knew something. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Who knows if they were in cahoots? Huh. But, yeah. Um, this theory gained quite a bit of attract- attraction um, when it was released. There was actually a criminal investigation done in 1982 by the Los Angeles DA. That's a few years too late. It is. Okay. It absolutely is. But there were so many conspiracies about her being murdered that they decided to actually take it 
reopening. consideration. Mm-hmm. Okay. But their findings were much like the original. No foul play was detected. Um, whether it was an intentional suicide or something else that caused her death, it is certain that she was not handled properly in her life um, by anyone around her. Yeah. And those decisions made by her and everyone else around her brought her to a very early demise at the age of 36. Oh, my gosh. So. She was so young. She was so young, and she had so much more to give. If she had had the proper help, who knows where she could have went. I mean, everybody in Hollywood obviously knew she had such a hard time with drugs. Why didn't anyone get her the help she needed? Yeah, she had multiple doctors, and they knew about each other, and they were giving her these prescriptions. Yeah, because it's barbiturates is what she was doing. Yeah, they just fed into her her addiction. Wow. And I believe, I, I hold them responsible for her death, whether it was, you know, intentional or an accident, right. whatever, they are absolutely responsible for her death. And that is not a story that ends with her. There are so many other celebrities that have mm-hmm. had or have the same problem and yeah. no one does anything about it. It's quite it's tragic. It is very tragic. But yeah. yeah. So that's my story for today. About I loved that. Marilyn Monroe. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And we will be back soon. See y'all. Bye. True Crime Mamas podcast is a production of TCM Productions. Theme music created by the talented Brian Anderson. Cover art created by design extraordinaire Marley Soden. Studio sponsored by McDowell Heating and Air. Keep your home comfortable all year with McDowell Heating and Air. True Crime Mamas podcast is property of True Crime Mamas LLC. Support True Crime Mamas by following us on Instagram and Facebook and check out our website at truecrimemamaspodcast.com for sources and more.